Alana's going to come, and uh, she is going to do three-ish things without me, because you, you don't want, you don't, don't I take too long? <laughs> Actually, I did find a friend to join me this morning. Um, yeah, I'm Alana. I'm the executive pastor here at New Life, uh, and this is Curtis. Curtis is chair of our pastoral search committee, and he's going to give you an update in just a second. Before we do that, though, I am going to talk about Jumpstart really quickly, as many of you know. Our Jumpstart Back to School program is coming up in just a few weeks. It's where we give away backpacks and school supplies to those in the community that need it the most. And we invited you to partner with us in that and help us fundraise for this event. And so if you get our Friday emails, you'll know that we, through some really great thrifty shopping, we were able to reduce the cost of backpacks. So that's fantastic. And so we have raised um, enough for 194 right now. Our goal, of course, is to raise the whole 300. Uh, so we just thank you to those that have already given to this. And if you haven't yet had the opportunity, we invite you to do so. You can e-transfer funds to give at New Life Church. And if you're one of those people like me that you hear it and you think, yes, I want to do that, and then you go home and forget, I'm going to just hang out by the coffee bar after the service, and if you feel like you want to be able to give to this, I'll meet you there and be happy to take a donation there. Um, and one other thing about Jumpstart is that next Sunday, August 21st, we're looking for about a dozen people to just stay after the service and help us pack those backpacks. We don't expect it to take more than an hour or so, but if that is something that you feel like you could chip in with, it's adult-friendly, children-friendly, stay behind and help for about an hour and pack those bags, just let me know and I will get you in touch with the right person. Curtis, what do you have for us? Um, I'm just one of the members of the search committee. There's a few other people in here that, if they could raise their hand if they're here. I see Steve back there. And <laughs> see. They're shy. They're shy, yeah. yeah. Um, we met a whole bunch before the summer to come up with our job description and what we feel like God was leading us to call and put out there. Um, during the summer, we gave about eight weeks for an application, application deadline. So at the end of the summer, we'll have... We're going to meet again. We met in the middle of the summer. We're going to meet at the end of the summer just to review the number of applications we've come on and just pray over them and read them. They're, they're quite a big application that comes in just about how they, they see their faith and how they see the church and how they see leading and what their leadership style is and everything else. Um, we ask you to join with us in praying for whoever's calling... Um, whoever God is calling to come to our church. Um, um, it can be a big thing for a family to move, move communities, and, and if they have kids, that's a big thing for them too. Um, we pray that, um, we also pray that if you know someone in another church that you would like them to apply, that you would encourage them to apply um, by the end of the summer. Um, and we really just want prayer because it's a big decision. It's, uh, it's the direction of the church that we're going to see in the next seven to ten years. So mm -hmm. um, we just ask you to pray for us and pray that God would lead us and um, um, give us the discernment and the wisdom to, to um, see the right candidate and know who it is. Thank you. That's great. Thanks. Yeah, and um, so yeah, if you do know somebody that might want to apply, they can find the info right on the homepage of our website. 
One last thing that I just want to share with you as we talk about September and kicking off our fall ministry, um, if you are not already involved in somebody, I just invite you to pray too about how you might be able to get involved in serving, um, specifically with our under 18 crowd. Our kids' own ministry and our youth ministry and preteens really need some help. They need some volunteers to step up. There's some that are stepping back this year after many, many years of serving. Um, specifically, uh, we need female group leaders for our youth uh, to walk alongside with our teen girls and, um, and mentor and minister to them. So if that sounds like you, uh, we can again contact the office and we'll get you in touch with the right ministry leader for those things. All right, that's all for me. Thanks. Excellent. I uh, would just say one of the one of the neat things of seeing being up at camp is Alicia had the opportunity to be up there this summer twice and to do some teaching and leading and. Um, I uh, ran the LTP program, which is a leadership training program up at camp. And a lot of our youth were up there, um, but uh, it, is, it is great to see how God is using her. And just the focus, I can tell you, being somebody who's been involved in ministry for 30 years and doing what she has done, I so appreciate the discipleship aspect that uh, Alicia um, that she focuses on. And so if you want to be involved in what she is doing, at least curious about what she is doing, I would just invite you to talk to her uh, about it. You will be blessed. Well, I want to do a, a, a community story. And so I've asked Pierre if he would come and you, uh, you see him and Joyce here in the church. If you want to just... <clears throat> And they, today they greeted you at the door. If you came through those doors, uh, they said hello to you. And uh, we'll see them in various different places serving. But we thought it would be great to be able to get to know you a little bit more and find out what you do and why you do it and, and what's happening. Hello again. I'm a bit nervous. I haven't spoken in front of people for a while, so I'm shaking a bit. It's kind of interesting. Um, um, so my first question is, yes. Pierre, what do you do? So I work at Cedars of Cobble Hill, which is a treatment center for people who struggle with addictions, and I'm a chaplain there. And Joyce and I also have a ministry where we feed and clothe the homeless in the Couchin Valley area. Um, Why? Yeah, so how, how did you come to do, because you have two parts. I want to know, uh, I want to know, how you got to Cedar yeah. Hills, and then also just helping to feed and clothe the homeless. So you have two answers. Yeah, yeah. How did you get to do that? So more than 35 years ago, I, I was struggling with addiction to alcohol and drugs, and I was in despair, and I was looking for help, for people to help me, and, uh, and I was really ready for a change. And so I went and got some help. And then when I came out, um, I was so excited to uh, be clean and sober and to, I wanted to help other people. So um, I, was, I wasn't just excited, I was also so grateful to God for he, he had helped me. I didn't go to treatment to find God, but when I was in treatment, God showed up. Isn't that interesting how that happened? <laughs> it is very. And uh, so uh, in my excitement, yeah, I started uh, many groups to help addicts who struggle with addictions and 
And over the years, I've worked in various settings of recovery and uh, in many roles. But for the last 14 years, I've been a chaplain and a contractor and a chaplain at Cedars of Cobble Hill. And uh, regarding the feeding and clothing the homeless, um, I have the gift of mercy. And uh, so for me, watching people who struggle is difficult. And I've often wanted to do something for the homeless. But I've been scared to talk to them. I've been scared. I didn't know how to start. And so periodically, I would go to Wendy's when they had a special, and I'd buy a couple of two hamburgers for so much, and I would take it to the streets. And, and then one day, I was driving, and some lady came to me, and she was begging me for food. She said, do you have anything to eat? Do you have anything to eat? And I didn't, so I said to her, I got to know her over the years, but I said to her, so just sit there. I'll go get you some food. After that, I got home, I went and talked to Joyce. I said, you know what, maybe we can make sandwiches. And so I started making sandwiches. And uh, the scripture that was talking to me was the one that uh, was saying in Matthew 25, uh, Jesus was saying that when people are feeding and clothing uh, others, they're clothing and feeding him. And that really ministered to me. And so uh, we started making sandwiches, we started buying clothes, we found the best place where you can get secondhand store, uh, secondhand clothes, and it's Shemaine's in case you're wondering. And then, <laughs> and we would wash the clothes and just, we, uh, and then we started asking for help. This church has been very helpful in helping us with clothing, we started at different people. So, um, basically feeling moved by God and the scriptures uh, talking to us about doing something. And that's some of the reasons why we started. What we're so doing. when do you take uh, sandwiches? Sunday is one of the days. Yeah. And, uh, because, of course, in town, the, some of the uh, stores are closed, so there's more people around. And, uh, and then one day during the week, we started a bit more, but when I'm working at Cedars, it's great to work at Cedars because they provide good money and I'm able to do that. But when I work at Cedars, I don't do that. So at least twice a week we do it. And how many sandwiches do you make? Uh, two, uh, two loaves of bread. So that's about 18. And if you're going to make a sandwich for Jesus, it better be a good sandwich. <laughs> so we make uh, breast of chicken, you know, just good breast of chicken. And the thing we found out that they really like is peanut butter and jam. They, it's kind of special for them. So peanut butter and jam and chicken sandwiches. So um, from either Cedars or just helping to, to feed yeah. those that are in need, do you have a, anything recently where you've seen God work? And, and you, if so, could you tell us about it? I got one for each. They're short, but I got one for each. So at Cedars, I mean, last week I was blessed to uh, uh, people that come to Cedar from all over the world. Uh, so there was a lady from the Yukon that I had the privilege to lead to Christ. Interesting thing that she said at the end. I says, how do you feel? And she said, I feel saved. I had never heard that before. And there was a young man from uh, an air traffic controller from back east who basically, see, I'm really blessed to see the spirit touch people. That's awesome. But the thing at Cedars that ministered to me the most was a, quite a while ago, there was a young native person that I, talked to and explained that Jesus was a substitute, that he took on all the anger and the wrath that we deserve in our place. And the person was there, and he, so I says, what do you think? He says, that's not fair. That's not fair. And when he said that, 
I realized it. That's not fair. That was very cool. And finally, the, last week, Joyce and I, we were at uh, Walmart. Uh, we have a, uh, Isaiah works in camp at Quanos, and so he needed to pick up some stuff. We were at Walmart, and Joyce was in the van. I was in the back of the van. Some guy came over and said, do you have any loose change? And Joyce said, no, I don't. And, and I heard him, so I went in front of the van, and I said, listen, uh, can you use a Powerade? He said, yeah. I said, would you like a granola bar? He said, he said, yeah. So he came over and I said, do you need any clothes? And he said, yeah, I could use some clothes to, uh, to go look for work. So I was able to give him a shirt and pants and underwears and socks. And then I said, are you outside? He said, yeah. So I said, do you need a sleeping bag? And he said, I gave him a sleeping bag. And I said, do you need a tent? He said, yeah. I gave him a tent and a tarp and umbrella. And I said, do you need something to carry it? He said, yes, and then I had a kind of a small hockey bag, so I gave him a small hockey bag. He was in awe. He was amazed. He came looking for change, right? And all of a sudden, <laughs> he's got all this stuff. And then uh, I asked him if he believed in God. He said he was raised Catholic, but didn't really practice it. And I was able to pray with him. But the prayer that came out was, thank you, God, that you can provide for us, Joyce and I, so we can provide for others. And, and that's the truth, actually. And so that ministered to me. But later on, what ministered to me? I was the beggar who came looking to Christ for some change. And I got abundance and abundance. And it keeps going on. I have more abundance every day. I wake up in awe of all the stuff that God is doing for Joyce and I. We, were very, we feel very, very blessed. Kind of goes with the scripture today. That is good. Yeah. Um, so I will say this, that uh, if anybody has any spare hockey bags, tents, clothes, clothing. Uh, clothing, sleeping bags, which I have one, um, that uh, you can bring it here and we will uh, let Pierre know. And if you also say, hey, you know, how can we help with the sandwich ministry? You can, you can get uh, Walmart cards. Uh, you're welcome to do that and drop them off and then they'll use them for, uh, for buying sandwiches and stuff. Fuel cards too? Yep. Gas is getting expensive a bit, but hey, really appreciate you guys. Really do. Good. Hey, you know I've been doing five questions, yes. and you asked me, what's the purpose of these five questions? And I thought about not doing them with you, but sorry, Pierre. Uh, it's, uh, You're setting your ways? I'm setting my ways. <laughs> okay. Uh, these are all easy. Okay. Uh, first is uh, coffee or tea? Depends. Okay. What, what's your favorite ice cream? Uh, it's uh, yogurt. It's actually your white, uh, vanilla yogurt. Chapman. Okay. Evergreen trees or de deciduous trees? I don't know what that means. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what, what book have you, uh, have you read lately that stands out to you? I'm dyslexic. All right, but, this one, Joyce, you better get right, okay? They don't, if he weasels out of this one, how long have you and Joyce been married? 34, we're coming up to 34 great years. All right. <laughs> Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you uh, for the heart that you've given Pierre and Joyce. Lord, that he can identify that you've given him the gift of mercy. 
And I thank you that he serves you and they serve you through your love, out of the abundance of your love. Father, I thank you for the way you have supplied for the doors that you have opened up for them to serve you. And Lord, as they move forward, that God, you would open up more doors and more conversations uh, with those who are in need. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Well, this <clears throat> well, this morning, uh, I've asked Wayne Lee if he would uh, come and uh, share this morning. I actually asked him if he would come uh, one of two Sundays, and he says, I could do both. And I'll say, yes, fantastic. So Wayne's doing this week and next week. And uh, Wayne, would you come and share with us uh, from God's Word this morning? And I just appreciate your willingness to minister for the Lord in this area. Yeah, if you, you can just put your mic. Oh, not a mic problem again. Yeah, here we go. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. All right. It's all working. All Perfect. Last time I was here, it wasn't working. I'm glad we got it fixed. My pleasure to be here and uh, go over the second John with you. We're going to cover the first half. And I already have some homework, even before we start. Uh, you would enjoy this little mini-series more if you were to read the seven letters to the seven churches after this sermon. It would be most helpful for the last half of this chapter. And so uh, that's what we're about to do. Lord, thank you for your word, for each one here. Holy Spirit, thank you for your application of the word in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Second John, verses 1 to 6. The elect lady... And her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth, because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, peace be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we received commandment from the Father. And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Important. So I just want to look at the idea of love. Now, if we were to ask what is love, I mean, we could have a thousand explanations here this morning. But we need to look further. We need to look higher. We need to look, God, look to God when we want to know anything, especially love. So love, I'd like to say, to, to start with, love is not blind. People, on the other hand, who are infatuated with what they want tend to be blinded by it. But love itself is not blind. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, He who does not love does not know God, for God is Love. So if we want to know what love is, we need to look at God. And so I encourage you, as you look through the scriptures, all of it, not like uh, I understand Andrew, I didn't miss that sermon, but when Andrew was here, he took a Bible and he started tearing pages out of it. 
My, I, I joke that my, my wife does the same thing. I don't like that part. Fair enough. But like it or not, God is love. And what you see him doing in the Bible is based in that. Sometimes he has to jack it up a bit when people aren't listening, like we, we always do. Um, and, we, and we can't hide behind, you know, we have this feeling that God doesn't love us. When, when I was raising my family and, and the children were getting older, uh, they would start using the excuse when you discipline them, you don't love me. Yes, I love you, but this is part of it. And so this letter, it contains that. We'll get more into that next week. So verse, verse 6, we see uh, that loving one another is not optional. It's not optional. It is Jesus' commandment. In John 13, verses 34 to 35, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So there again, we need reference to God if we're going to know what love really is. That you also love one another. By this, all will, pardon me, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. All of what it means to love one another. Sometimes you have to take children to the dentist and they might say, you don't love me, I have to go to the dentist. And the dentist does wonderful things and it never hurts, right? Mm. So, Love never hurts, right? Ah, you're thinking. That's good. We can see in verse 6, the second half, uh, see in verse 6 of the second of Second John that Jesus' love was sacrificial. The gospel reveals that we as children of God are capable of showing God's love. John 17, verse 26. We keeping up on the PowerPoint? Yep, perfect. John 17, verse 26. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. So we're capable of it. It's there. Sometimes we're not capable of the want to, but the ability to love because of God is there within us all. Like, Pierre, like you were sharing, it's, it was awkward. How do, you, how do you talk to the, how do you get going in this? How do you talk to people? It's awkward. can be very awkward. But when we push through, we find that because God lives on, in us and is love, it's possible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, uses this short expression. It says, for the love of Christ compels us. It's like the, the end of a, of a, of a, a paragraph, not a paragraph, but a verse. For the love of Christ compels us. The King James Version uses the word, the love of Christ constrains us. So it does both. It is both. It stops us and it moves us. Or it moves us and it stops us. It's life within boundaries. It's life that has areas of responsibility. And that's what keeps us safe. And that's what keeps us free. Not law, but like gravity. You could say, well, we call that the law of gravity, right? And it's good to respect that. As I'm getting older now, I respect it even more. My question for us this morning is this. Do we have the courage to love others the way God does? 
That means I have to be nicer. Okay. Maybe it means I have to be more direct. <gasps> I don't like direct. I don't like that part either. But what if as a body and a family it means that? What if for the sake of a soul it means that? Like a doctor, this is, this, I'm gonna, this is, give you, you're gonna feel a little prick, right? Ow, my arm. Why did you hurt me? You don't love me. No. When love is based on self, it's self-centered, and it's not really love. It's just getting, it's an acquisition for more attention. I asked God one time how he loves awkward people. I, I had this person in my life that was awkward to love. Do you ever have anybody in your life that's awkward to love? Maybe even in your marriage? <laughs> of course, it's a part of life. Anyway, I asked him about this, and he said to me, the same way I love you, Wayne. Oh, interesting. So, but I wanted to know more. So how is that, Lord? And his response was rather unnerving. His response was, in spite of yourself. It's kind of refreshing, and it's kind of, seriously? You mean, all the stuff I go through to get God to love me more doesn't work? No, it doesn't work. God loves us, and he loves us in spite of ourselves, and he loves us exactly where we're at, and he loves us far too much to ever leave us there. I'm 72 years old, and I'm still growing up. I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. It doesn't matter, because God loves me in spite of myself. God works in me, through me, and in spite of me. And folks, I hang my hat on that last peg. When I stand up to preach, God works in spite of me. Trust me, if you were on the inside, you'd see why I say that. But the most audacious act of God's love is shown in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to redeem all who live in him. Our redemption is free, but it costs God everything. Love is expensive. Real love is expensive. And I'm not talking about doing manipulative things to get people to like you. That's not love. I'm talking real love that gets nothing in return. That's God's love. If we're ever wondering if we're showing love to others or we need only ask ourselves, what is this costing me? What is this costing me? Or what might this cost me? My time, my energy, my money? I want to give you two examples of the love, of God's love, and courage that I've had happen in my life. Uh, one was of a mother who had a wayward daughter, tried everything, to help that person turn around, wouldn't turn around. So when she prayed, and she told me this, she said, Lord, I don't want this child to perish. I don't want my daughter to perish. Do whatever you need to do to save her. There was a car accident. She was in it. Spent the rest of her life as a paraplegic. And I have never met a more <laughs> joyous Loving, 
Christian in all my life than this girl after that accident. What are you talking about? I'm talking about God's love. I'm talking about eternity. That's the other thing about love. You, you, you can't think about it without thinking about eternity. To be in the presence of the Father. Better is one day, right? In a thousand days elsewhere. Better is one day in the Lord's courts, in his presence. And the other mother had a son. Couldn't get him to listen. Wouldn't, wouldn't change. And outside of the little town I lived in in Alberta, my wife and I for nine years, 21 years old, it was his birthday, racing down the highway at 100 miles an hour, the two cars bumped. They found him folded in half in a field. Wow, I thought he was dead. We're going to leave him. Put him in a bag. But there was a pulse. He was a quadriplegic. And I used to visit him in the Calgary Hospital often. And his older brother would as well. His older brother was a believer. And his older brother brought him back to Christ. It's a wonderful thing. Two years after that, he died. Was God faithful? Absolutely. Oh, God, do this, but don't do that. No, 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 don't do that. And don't pray, you know, be careful what you pray. That's ridiculous. Pray with abandon for whatever you want. And God will sort it out. In the book of Romans, it says, for we, in um, chapter 8, I think it's verse 26, for we do not even know how we should pray, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us according to the will of God. So pray. And don't be afraid of eternity. Do you want this child to be saved? Because eternity is forever. Both sides of it. Both sides of it. Pray. Love. Have courage. Have courage. Trust God in the here and now. And after that. Sorry, just thinking of a loss. Trust God through it all. God is love. In Mark, uh, just read Mark chapter 8, verses 36 to 38. If you get there before I do, you can stand up here and read it. Mark 8. 36 to 38. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in, the, in his glory with his Father and his angels. God in his love for us is serious, and we in our love for God must be just as serious and everything that God calls us to or has us involved in. Our leftover time, leftover energy, leftover money is not what he's looking for. That isn't what he's looking for from us. What he's looking for is his preeminence in our lives. We cannot be servants 
with anything less. Not prominence, preeminence. I think I talked about this last time I was here. Where God is not just one among equals, he's the only one in everything. And his opinion is final because God is always love. I've had to say some things as a minister. I'm saying things this morning I might not be particularly comfortable with. Maybe you're not comfortable with it either. But it's love. It's God's love. Things have to happen or people will perish. We need to be ongoing in this whole redemption uh, life. The end is not good. And it's difficult in this time. Um, Pierre, I'm so glad you're sticking your neck out. That's good. In this political time that we live in, in this world, in this, in this politically correct world of self-actualization and self-entitlement, it can be challenging as people of God to speak the words that he would have us to speak. Speaking the truth in love is seldom if ever, easy. Jesus said that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. I like that. We would know the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I like that. That's beautiful. And I like hearing about Jesus. But I feel a little uncomfortable when Jesus reveals the truth about me. That's not fun. That's like a trip to the dentist. But we need that. Not just to know about Jesus. We need to know about ourselves. And our, what we're capable of. When the pressure's on. It's not pretty. Jesus knows that. But he loves us in spite of ourselves. So we're in good shape, right? There's nothing to be afraid of. We don't need to run and hide like Adam and Eve did. And I feel even more uncomfortable when he asks me to bring the uncomfortable truth to another. I don't like those times. But we must follow through in all of it if God is love. I'll just close with this. I was trying to write a nice sermon when I was in Alberta. And uh, because... They seem to be prickly. People seem to like them, but they always seem to be prickly. So I'm trying to write this nice sermon. And after about three quarters of an hour, I had two and a half sentences down. And I thought, this is going to take forever. And so I pushed back from the desk, and I just kind of groaned. And he spoke to me. And this is what he said. Wayne, I didn't call you to speak for me. I called you so I could speak through you. God, who is love, wants to speak through us to a world that needs to be loved because without love, nobody changes. Nobody changes. And not just getting love, giving love. If you don't give love, nobody changes, including us. And the main, you know, the big deal about what we're really being saved from <laughs> is ourselves, is it not? Seriously, think about it. God is saving us from ourselves. And he loves us in spite of ourselves. And he loves you right where you are. And he's busy encouraging you to take another step. Keep moving. 
Keep following. Follow Jesus. Jesus is walking through the world. Why not follow, right, Peter? Put some Peter, uh, peanut butter and jam in your pocket and away you go. I'm finished. Thanks for my time.